0: Time she Hello, everybody. I got Colby Berg, a.k.a. The Wizard Fish, a.k.a. Mr. Wiggles, on the line today. Uh, some exciting news. We are officially naming our podcast Colby Berg. What is it called?
1: We have a name, everybody. A name. Kurt, what's going on? Can you believe it? We just officially got verified. And the name of the podcast... Is From here and henceforth be
0: named... Drumroll.
1: <laughs> the thoughts in our head.
0: The thoughts in our head. Or no, wait, wait, wait. The thoughts inside our inside head.
1: Inside our head. I apologize. The thoughts inside our head. The
0: thoughts inside our head is what we're moving forward with. Hopefully it stays and it sticks. Um, the reason we came up with that idea, Colb, I think, is because there's no real defined... Topic we're going to stick to. It's just going to kind of be what we talk about, what we think is cool, and it kind of fits to us. So, yeah, that's what we're going forward with. This is episode three officially, but it's really going to be number two up on the interwebs because episode one was a little bit rocky in terms of recording. We might throw it up in the future. Who knows? But this is kind of an emergency podcast, and I'll tell you why, Kolb. The finals are over. We are in the dead week between. The draft and the finals, and it feels like there are bombs a-coming. We got some Woj nukes coming. So we wanted to jump on and kind of give our final thoughts on the 2018-2019 season and then prep everyone for what we are calling the bomb shelter building session or building the bomb shelter, uh, getting ready for the off season for the NBA. Colby. Last night, Toronto defeats the Warriors. There's a little bit of carnage. few people went down. Well, Clay went down to join KD to be done for uh, the rest of the finals and what looks like to be a big majority of next season. What are your thoughts? Do you think this is an asterisk on Toronto? Do you think that um, this changes your opinion on the one-year kind of assassin for hire like the Raptors did with Kawhi on that trade how are you feeling about the end of this season
1: dude uh, a couple things yeah first of all I've uh, put some orders in for Amazon for, for hats and shovels and <laughs> I mean hats I mean helmets it's, it's going to be crazy but yeah we'll touch on that in a second um, dude the, the Raptors did it some say it was a gamble to trade for Kawhi and uh, you know get rid of DeMar DeRozan who was so loyal to that franchise he was by far the most beloved raptor, I'm honestly, maybe more than Vince Carter, or Tracy McGrady of old, um, are the vibes I kind of got. I have uh, my brother-in-law is a Canadian, and uh, <laughs> he was kind of it's it's funny he he lives on the west side of Canada, but he was talking and uh, you mentioned that you know Demar was was beloved there, and so you know I think the war or the the Raptors realized that they weren't going to be able to get it done with the team they had, and so they were either going to blow it up. And start anew, or throw a hail mary and, and bring in Kawhi and give it one last shot, and it paid off. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about how you know they almost traded Lowry, you know, the beginning of the year before they brought in Kawhi, and then the trade fell through. It was he was going to go to the Knicks, and then you know there are a few things that went their way. Obviously, uh, with a brand new head coach, I mean, lots of gambles. They fired their coach of the year coach Dwayne Casey, <clears throat> bring in Nick Nurse, an unproven coach, and I mean, they pulled it off. And so, you know, from this point, whether Kawhi stays or goes, and we'll get into that later, you know, all you can say is it doesn't matter. Any move they made was worth it. And I'll be honest, when the news broke, I remember where I was when I found out that when the first Wads bomb dropped that, that Kawhi was being traded to the Raptors, I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, that's, that's cool, whatever.
0: Get him out of the West.
1: Get him out of the West. And then they played us. They played the Jazz a couple times um, early. Um, I actually watched one of the games with you. And they looked so good. And, you know, you know, kind of put him on the radar, and then they pulled it off. So it was cool to see. I mean, obviously Lowry, you know, he's been gunning for, for a championship. He's, he's kind of a dog. You and I were talking about it. We, we, love, we love Lowry. And it was cool to see him pull it off. Um, obviously Gasol, um, Ibaka, all those guys that have, you know, battled for so long in the West um, to finally come across a ring. Um, you asked me if I think there's an asterisk. It's funny because before – Clay got hurt, and when people were saying, oh, there's an asterisk because KD's out, I was thinking, no. Like, there's no asterisk there. Uh, the Warriors have been on the longest run with no injuries, or at least major injuries, in the playoffs. You know, they had a few things, Steph's ankles here and there throughout the regular season. But, uh, I mean, I, I still didn't think. I mean, you look at – no one put an asterisk next to the Warriors beating, uh, beating the Cavs in 2015 when literally – math or what is it? yeah Delvadova was the second best player on the Cavs team after Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt. So then Clay went down and for half a second I thought, oh man, that's tough. Like it sucks because you know Clay was obviously on fire and he's he's I mean he's a straight up stud, you know honestly. i am not a huge fan sometimes, but other times I like him and I thought about, oh man, that's you know that's overkill. Like I kind of want Clay to be there to make it more competitive, but ultimately I mean, Van Fleet was injured, Clay was injured, or, uh, excuse me, Lowry was injured, I mean, we don't even know the extent of, of what uh, Kawhi was dealing with, you know, in his legs, and he fought through it, granted, probably not a torn ACL, but still, you know, everybody's banged up, and it just so happened that, you know, that the Warriors, Warriors got a little more banged up this time, but, uh, so I'm going to say no asterisk after that long spiel, zero <laughs> asterisk for that, good, good for the Raptors.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I'm not putting an asterisk by it simply because the Warriors have been the most fortunate team maybe ever in terms of the talent they've had and no injuries thus far. Almost feels like the devil was taking his ransom for their selling their souls for the championships that they got without injuries. And now he uh, took his payment pretty heavily there at the end. You got to give a shout out to Clay too. Uh, tearing his ACL and making sure he shot those free throws in case he didn't so he can come back into the game. That's tough, man. Uh, tore my ACL. Personally, it wasn't a fun process or experience to say the least. But for a guy to go out there and not only take the free throws, but they were just—they were wet, dude. He just stroked those things. Uh, and then running back on defense, you could see he was testing it out. Um, I really think that if it was Clay's decision, even with a torn ACL, he'd be out there. Seems like an ultimate competitor the guy needs a bullet in his head to not play basketball it seems like and i will echo you saying clay is the warrior i definitely respect the most in terms of uh, the kind of guy he is i also have to thank him for pissing off lebron and kyrie in 2016 by saying this is a man's league i must have uh, we must have upset them or whatever it was and then lebron went 41 41 triple double and came back and won that series so thanks clay for that shout out to you there as well um yeah, a lot of interesting things happened in this game that are going to change the NBA, and we'll get into this. But with those two injuries, I guess there were three potential marquee. I mean, the three top free agents, really. Besides, you know, Kyrie or maybe DeLo, which DeLo's not not a Klay Thompson or anything. But uh, three out of the five maybe potential free agents, two of them went two went down, and we only have Kawhi left, and he's. Probably going to the West. Who knows? We'll get into that in a second. It's a really crazy turnout of what what transpired last night. It's really cool to see Lowry get his championship. And then some guys that have been in the league for a really long time, like Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka are champions, which I don't love Serge. He was a thunder for a long time. Uh, but it's really cool to see those guys kind of hoist the trophy. Uh, I would think on the experiment of getting... A gun for hire for a year. This is kind of an outlier. It's the first time that I think it's really worked. But there is validation behind that thought process. Uh, I think Toronto felt like they were at a glass ceiling with Rosen. They were almost there, but they kind of hit their paywall. And then decided to go all or nothing before blowing it up. It's kind of like a Hail Mary. I figured they'd blow it up anyway. So in their eyes, they're like, well, let's try something before we go into rebuild mode. Uh, Pretty interesting, though, how it worked out. I'm excited. Uh, Glad to see the Warriors lose. And I have to say Berg um, man I just really feel for those Warriors fans you know like all those fans that have been through thick and thin with this team since since 2015 you know really hard for them. They've been through so many ups and downs like oh man blowing a 3-1 lead then signing the best offensive player in the season or in the league for the next season and winning two straight championships after that it's really rough for them.
1: (sighs) Right. I don't know I don't know you know how they can sleep at night. I mean with Three of probably the four or five best shooters in the history of the NBA yeah. on their team Oof. for a period of time. It's depressing, dark, dark days for the last few years in Golden State. But who knows? You know, they might have uh, they might finally have paid enough of their dues to see some success down the road. Who knows? Yeah,
0: and you know what though. In all seriousness, there is a group of fans that have been with this team for a long time. The Bay Area is known for being a very fast or passionate fan base in all of their sports. I really do feel for those guys. Um, you know, they got to see one of the best teams of all time assembled and it's kind of sad to see their team end in red wedding fashion by just dying and falling off. And there's a good chance that they don't ever get back to where they were. Uh, there's also a good chance that they do, but yeah, it's crazy. Uh, really crazy game ter- or series in terms of injuries and what that's going to do. And I think Kolb. is there anything else you want to get off your mind about the finals or should we start gearing up for this bomb prep?
1: Let's let's talk. I just want to ask you, what do you think of okay. Do you feel like KD should have played in game 5?
0: So, yeah, um this is obviously going to be like the headline and the question for the rest of the offseason and probably the upcoming years. Should have KD have played? Um it's a tough question. Because I feel like Katie's is going to have the, the final say, but at the same time, any player of that caliber is going to say, let me play basketball. You know what I mean? There needs to be someone in the room to say, this isn't okay. You're going to get, like, the calf can turn into something worse. It's kind of a known, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend that I'm a doctor. But as far as I know, it's a known thing in sports medicine that if the calf is strained, the Achilles is more at risk because it's overworking itself. I'm not sure if this is what happened in this case or not. But someone needs to be, I guess, it's kind of like kids. Someone needs to be the adult in this situation and say, Kevin, you're not playing. You're not okay. You're going to get hurt. We need to win one next year. But I don't know. Maybe the Warriors were thinking, you know what, we're going to make this guy play because we know he's gone this summer because every report that's that's come out is.
1: That's what I was thinking. Play the conspiracy music. They're saying, all right, we've got a little bit more juice left in this lemon. He can walk. And apparently the reports are that they told him, and Steve Kerr came out and said this as well, they said, there's no way that you can make the injury worse than it is. That's what the doctor said. And if that's true, for all we know, it could have been an innocent misdiagnosis, or they knew that he was going to get out of there, that he was taken off, or they had at least a significant hunch that he was going to, and so they said, alright, well... You know, Let's ride this thing until the wheels fall off. And, and they- <laughs> fall off, they did. Literally, they played him 12 out of the first 14 minutes, I want to say. yeah, Or 11 out of the first 14. I can't remember exactly what the number was. But, I mean, if he literally wasn't practicing for the month before that, and all of a sudden they just say, oh yeah, he's good when you're in a 3-1 deficit... Sounds kind of sketchy and potentially misleading if that's actually the case. And knowing Kevin Durant, he is a competitor. He loves basketball. I actually respected him going out there. Um, First thing I can say about respecting one of Kevin Durant's decisions in a long time, to be honest. But, I mean, at the same time, he's 30 years old. He, he, He shouldn't, I mean, you would think that he would know that, hey, if an injury, and I know the doctor said that maybe it couldn't get worse, but... If he, if he loves basketball, you have to know that your potential, because everybody thought it was his Achilles when he got hurt in the first place. Everybody's like, oh no, for like 20 minutes on Twitter, everybody was, oh, that was his Achilles, that was his Achilles, he's done, oh no. And it's almost like he got a second lease on life, right? And then then he goes out and plays and, and actually ends up tearing it. And now he missed out on a couple games, obviously in the finals, and now he's going to miss out on the entire year. And as a competitor, I respect it. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's a tough call, and I think a lot of it comes down to the medical team. And you know, I don't think if it was me, and I'd consider myself a pretty competitive person, knowing that I'm about to be a free agent, that a, a calf strain could turn to an Achilles injury, which basically ends your career. And because I love playing basketball, and people really don't come back from career or from Achilles injuries, like for what we've seen, obviously Boogie's kind of hit and miss, and he's had some other injuries, but other players too. You think, okay, I'm going to forego these couple games so I can preserve the rest of my career to play at a high level and do what I'd like to yeah. do for the next 10 years. And so, I don't know. I, I, th- I think I'm torn. I respect him for playing. I honestly don't know if I would. That's that's a hot take. I don't know if I would have gone out there knowing what I was risking. But Well,
0: here's the thing too, Colp. He's 30. By the time he's back from this, he's going to be 32. That's a lot of prime gone. A lot of late prime gone. And cue the conspiracy music again. The timeline really is pretty funny. Um, Went from in the pool one day, just, you know, working out in the pool, which is at the beginning of rehab, to not being cleared for practice, and in about 12 hours he was cleared to practice, to not going to play the game, to questionable for the game, to, like you said, playing like 13 out of the first 15 minutes of the game. Very interesting timeline there that might not ever be revisited, but it kind of plays to the fact that the Warriors, well, not the fact, the idea that the Warriors were going to milk this cow for all it's worth before it goes and joins Kyrie on the Nets or wherever he's going to end up, but not in Oakland. Well, I guess it's out of, this is the last game in Oakland. I guess they're done. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's so, gonna. It's it's an injury hurt around the world for many years to come.
1: Yeah, and it's it. I mean, it's too bad. It it really is. It's it's kind of funny side story. Once upon a time, Todd Helgeson drove around this like 1992 Honda Accord.
0: Yeah, and the shark.
1: He was gonna the shark. Yep, they called it the shark. He was gonna buy a car the next day, and so the night before he bought his new car, um, he basically took his took the car the shark out played a bunch of pranks ended up getting chased by the cops rode the wheels off of it essentially he was driving he was running away from the cops on uh, on three wheels for probably a good i don't know actually not from the cops but from someone he played a prank on excuse me um, played a prank That's ran not- away <laughs> basically drove it drove the car into the ground the very last night and then bought and then got rid of the car you basically junked it off a cliff and the next day bought a new one so yeah. that sounds kind of like what the warriors did um again i'm not gonna go out and say that but uh i i saw well long story but it sounds like that's what happened and nothing but respect for katie in that case hope he has a speedy recovery because it would be i'll be honest i kind of wanted him to see him i wanted to see him go east and you know maybe team up with another superstar he probably would have honestly with either you know Kyrie or if anthony davis ends up getting traded somewhere who knows but it would have been fun to see the, the balance of the NBA uh, become a little more even from an, an east-to-west spectrum. But, yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, any officers listening to this podcast, we're not trying to incriminate our friend Todd Helgeson. He did not run from the cops. Uh, <laughs> and He did get
1: caught by the cops eventually. Caught.
0: Okay, you guys did your job. Good work. They did their job, Yes, yep, so He served his open. time. We're not, going, <laughs> we're not trying to get him in trouble. Um, and another funny thing we learned through this entire process is – Snakes do, in fact, have Achilles tendons. That's my bad joke. They
1: might not have legs, but they have Achilles tendons. Yes.
0: Um. Okay, any final thoughts before we move on on the last season that we just watched before we get into the official offseason?
1: Nope. Good for the Canadians and uh, good for the Raptors, and I'm happy for all those guys. They really don't have a player on their team that you can say I dislike. You know, maybe maybe Ibaka, um, you know, because of his uh, experience with the Thunder. But uh, other than that, you know, a bunch of a bunch of solid dudes that that pulled it off. So happy for them. They all contributed. I mean, all seven or eight of the guys that actually played um, had meaningful contributions, and it was cool to see it pay off. So good for them.
0: Good for them. Good for Canada. We've had somehow a bad relationship the past few years. I don't know how that happens, but. I'm happy for our brothers up north that they've got a championship in their country again. All right, Kolb. We got birds in the air, Colby, and bombs are coming. The 2019 and 2020 NBA offseason is officially under the way, and we got nukes lined up and geared to launch. We are building our bomb shelter right now for July 1st. They're coming early, though, because reports are that Boston and the Lakers are going to come hard at AD. Uh, The draft is next week, and I'm going to make a guess that the Lakers' fourth pick is going to be involved as an asset in that trade. So a a nuke might be coming early, Uh, in my opinion. The best-case scenario is he ends up in Boston and bails after a year just to screw over Ainge and the Celtics because we all hate the Celtics. Colby, give me your rundown on your thoughts of the AD situation. Where do you think he plays at the beginning of next year?
1: It's interesting because I a lot of people think that, obviously, Boston's attempt, their they want to bring Anthony Davis to the Celtics as a means to, one, keep, well, mostly to keep Kyrie from, from going somewhere else. Now, since these rumors have started, uh, the, there seems to be further uh, suspicion that Kyrie has all but signed and committed to the Brooklyn Nets. He left his agent yesterday, right? Um, for his longtime agent, and then signed with Rock Nation. For those Rock of you that don't Nation. know, Rock Nation is Jay Z's sports agency, and Jay Z has significant ties with the, the Brooklyn Net- Nets. And
0: ex-owner was he? Ex-part owner?
1: Yeah, I think he had a minimal, like a minimal okay. stake. More yeah. of
0: a more of a figurehead instead of that Russian guy,
1: right? Yep. So I think, you know, all signs point there, um, and then obviously Brooklyn freed up two spots. I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting because I think the Pelicans want to trade they want Jason Tatum because uh-huh. if they wanted anything the Lakers had to offer they would have just done the deal by now. Yeah, and obviously the Pelicans owner. Uh, really doesn't like the Lakers or Los Angeles. And so that's – there could be some pressure from, from the top on on the new GM, Dave Griffin, to not trade the Lakers, bless which is kind of funny.
0: Yeah, bless his heart. I hate the Lakers too. <laughs> See, I eye yeah, either, to, dude.
1: Shouts to Gail Benson. Shouts, um, Gail. And so, yeah, I don't I don't know. I think Boston is in a, in a weird situation where they've come – where ADs come out multiple times and said, hey, I'm not resigning. And Rich Paul, his agent, has said, we're not resigning. So – take the gamble you want, but, you know, we're not coming back. So if Kyrie commits to Brooklyn before a trade deal can get done with Boston, then that kind of kills that, I would think, Um, because, I don't know, Danny Ainge is reckless and willing, but I don't know if he's that reckless. So uh, for some sick reason, I I still see him ending up on the Lakers. After – I could see the GM of the Pelicans just saying, you know, look, Miss Benson owner – We want to get the best haul we can get for this team, and now that Kyrie's left and gone to Brooklyn, we can't— I mean, Boston isn't a significant player anymore Um, So, because they don't think they can hang on to him for the next year, so let's just get something for him before we have to start playing him and he's got less games under his contract left. And so if I had to guess, I still think, unfortunately, he ends up as a Laker.
0: Yeah. Well, the biggest key in this is Rich Paul, right? That's his agent. That's LeBron's best friend. He's going to do anything he can to bully his way to get AD into the lake or onto the Lakers as fast as he can. Um, I think that's the more than likely scenario, which really sucks for us. But I think the price that they're going to have to pay to get him over there might be big enough to kind of keep them out of our hair at least for the next, you know, year or so. And I think this year, right now, is the most important, or at least. The most wide open the NBA's ever been because of those injuries uh, in Golden State. I think it, what's going on in the West, it's going to be an insane arms race. Obviously, Anthony Davis probably going to end up a Laker. Um, the Clippers have two max signing open, like they have room for two, right? So they do. Every, everyone's basically tying Kawhi Leonard to come back to the West uh, to join the Clippers, and they haven't. Another or more room for another Max player, which is insane. It's an arms race. I think everyone's licking their lips, including the Utah Jazz, to uh, get a solid signing or two under their belt so they can actually compete for a title. A lot of us, uh, the Jazz, Portland, Denver, Houston, we're all right there. We're all so close to being good enough to win a championship, and now it's an arms race this summer. Cole, what are the Jazz going to do? I think... We're both in the same camp that it's probably going to be Conley simply because we we can't bring free agents here. It's just something that doesn't happen. I think D'Lo or Tobias Harris would be the two biggest, each respectively, would be the biggest signing in Jazz history. It sounds more like a trade's going to happen anyway. uh, Let's talk about our boy Tony Jones dropping a mini little heads up to us that a trade might happen within the week. What is that trade going to look like, you think? Uh, You're better at this stuff than me. What are the Jazz going to have to give up to get Conley?
1: You know, it's tricky. It's real tricky because I feel like, and I'm still trying to work it, wrap it around, my, wrap my head around it. Because it made sense last season before the trade deadline when Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors were still signed and had contracts left. Because those can be expiring deals. Where if we had traded for Conley, then for if we had traded Ricky and and Derek, then. Uh, Memphis would have appreciated that because now Ricky and Derek are both free agents. They're off the books. They just freed a ton of cap space, and they can start their rebuild. Now, Derek Favors is not signed. Ricky Mm -hmm. Rubio is not signed either. Mm -hmm. And so I think what would have to happen for the money to match up is we would have to pick up Derek Favors' option, um, which we have until July 6th to do, so that's not a problem. We can pick up his option, which puts – that basically makes him a contracted player for next year at $17 million, I believe is the number. And then we also, I think Conley's making something in the neighborhood of $31 million. So we'd have to basically to make those dollar amounts work more or less, throw in another player or two and probably a pick. So I wouldn't be surprised if we throw our, we have the 23rd pick in the draft this year. So Favors, the 23rd pick. Now, we're kind of waiting on Corver to determine what he's going to do he if he ends up retiring what the jazz may decide to do if he wants to retire is include him in the deal just to make the numbers work because he's making seven million this year yeah and then you know something like i don't know i don't know if we have to throw grayson in but it'll be something to that extent for conley and then we'll all yeah
0: is tabo still on contract with us what's his contract Uh, like
1: yeah tabo is an unrestricted free agent so he is not contracted now yeah he's gone and probably will (sighs) be gone Because our beloved Georgie Nang Nang is uh, is probably going to get his we all
0: float down here, Georgie. We We all all float, float. Georgie. So what you're saying is, (sighs) the very unfortunate reality is to get Mike Conley. Our beloved Derek Favors is going to have to be involved in that trade.
1: You know, it hurts my heart to admit it. It hurts my heart to even propose it. But that's what it's looking like. Now, I don't know. I mean, maybe they can come up with something where Jay Crowder, who's he's making less money, but if they package Jay and the the thing with Derek is it's not necessarily Derek is a person, but Derek is the piece and the contract. And that's what would essentially be the uh, the catalyst to it all. So, Oh man, I don't like thinking about it. I don't like thinking about a team without Derek Favors because, you know, he and Rudy both have arguably been the most loyal Jazz men ever. And I know there were times um, over the last two to three years that the relationship between Jazz or Derek and and the front office was at sometimes not necessarily rocky, but there was uh, there was a little friction there. Um, But over the last year, Derek has and basically the front office they both made strides to mend that and uh you know Derek is real happy you know he he's come out and said that his priority is having a long healthy career and he knows that playing slightly less minutes from in the role that he's in now is what would allow him to do that and he's come out and said you know the grass is is not always greener and he, he would love to be a part of the organization so I think you know it's it's tough because he is so loyal and he's such a. Just such a stud. So, I don't know. It's going to be bittersweet, but he'll always have a special place in my heart no matter where he goes, and he'll always have a fan in me.
0: Here's the thing, yeah. Um, I love Derek. I think I've said this multiple times. He's probably a, not probably, he is a top five jazz man for me of all time, just in terms of. Him as a player, him as a guy, watching him grow. Remember how timid he was to he's the enforcer. Whenever there's a scruff, it's favors in the middle of that thing, making sure his guy's taken care of. He's been so awesome and so fun to watch, and I I want to make it work with him as much as we can. But there is something that needs to change. It's kind of like Toronto's situation, right? We're at this ceiling right now. Are we as good as we're going to get? Who knows? I think we need to get another piece that is over 20 points a game and can take... The scoring load off of Donovan's shoulders. I mean, if Donovan had another guy, there's no telling how good he's going to be. It's like literally the sky's the limit with that guy. We just need to give him some relief every once in a while. And I would hate to see Derek go. There is the risk that Conley doesn't re-sign with us too. Um, but something's got to change. And If there's any year to go all in, I feel like it's next year. The league's going to be doing the same thing. The West is is it's going to be wild. It's going to be a wild ride, and I hope Derek's there to be with us. But if he's not, I'm sure he'll understand. He's come out and said he knows it's a business. I mean, it's every off season with this guy that he's is. Are we going to resign him? Is he a trade asset? Are we going to trade him? It's been like every off season for the past five years, and he still shows up and does his job, and he's so fun to watch. And he seems like he's healthy again. It seems like he has two legs again. He's got bounce back. And like you said, it's very interesting. He wants to focus on having a long career. He said he's fine with 25 minutes a night. He has said everything right. And we want him, and he wants to stay. But it just is so tragic that he might not end up on the team. And I will be very sad. We might do an entire podcast dedicated to Derek Favors, uh, remembering him if he ends up leaving. Just keep that in your sights, ladies and gentlemen. All right. To move on, so I'm not so sad and start crying into the microphone here. So, like you said before, Kyrie more than likely going to head to New Jersey. That means D'Lo is out, and I'm. I guess that's a good thing for the Jazz. But we said it looks like a trade's going to be uh, shaping up. Where do you think Delo is going to end up? Could he be the other guy that ends up in uh, on the Clippers with Kawhi? Do you think he stays in the East? He seems like he seems like such a weird guy. He might end up on any team. I don't really know. But is he worth a max contract? He's had one real good year. Where can you see him end up, ending up playing?
1: Yeah, I don't think that he's going to get the max, um, just because he doesn't have enough of a proven track record. And I mean, then again, there's always crazy teams out there that will you know sign people to crazy deals. I know. I know the Pacers are um, one of his main pursuers. And so there's a possibility that he signs, which is kind of crazy. I mean, yeah, they've got Oladipo, and they've, they've done kind of some cool things, and they, they actually had a pretty pretty good year last year. But it's definitely not what you'd call a sexy choice. Then again, probably neither is Utah. But I know that he and uh, he and Donnie are actually really good friends. They have spent time vacationing both last offseason and this offseason together in some tropical locales. Um, with you know with each other and then donnie's girlfriend so i know they're tight um other people have said maybe phoenix as a potential uh suitor because he and Devin booker are friends yeah Yeah. seriously i think i mean that's it's just like jumping into a garbage disposal it'll just (laughs) chew you up and spit you (laughs) out and probably drown you too so we won't hear
0: about him for 10 years
1: (laughs) yeah so i don't know i mean I, i i think uh i mean if we if we pull off the conley deal then then that's you know that's a wrap um, if that doesn't go through or Conley gets traded elsewhere, because I know there are other people pursuing him, then, you know, maybe we uh you know, maybe we go for, for D'Angelo and and hopefully, you know, Donovan can you know win win D'Angelo's hearts over like he's won the hearts of millions of Utahns and fans around the world. But Yeah.
0: Um the last piece of this, and I think it's the most like out there piece, because I have no idea what kind of guy Tobias Harris is like, but with KD going down, I think his situation becomes the most interesting. Maybe New Jersey doesn't have the patience for KD and wants to sign him. Uh Tony Jones has come out and said that we will we, we will at least have a conversation with Tobias Harris if the trade doesn't go down, which which I'm hard because like in my heart of hearts I want him to be like, you know, an all-star type player, but everything I've read from the people on the interwebs Say that he's not going to be worth the contract That he gets Which there's two things to this One A contract that hurts a small market team That doesn't pay the luxury tax every year Hurts a lot more than it does On one of these bigger teams That doesn't really care Two To get someone to a small market team You might have to overpay them regardless uh, what? Uh How do you feel about Tobias in general How do you feel about the prospect of him being on the jazz and how do you feel about all the crap we have to go through being a small market team this can go on forever so don't go too deep into that
1: yeah no i think so for tobias i mean we know that the league is going in a direction that requires you to have at least i mean you got to have at least three shooters on the floor probably four i mean when you look at both teams just you know just finish the finals i mean arguably one through five could shoot the three whereas now and no offense to Derek but um I believe that he could improve his three-point numbers over the last year I mean since he started shooting threes three years ago and he really didn't and then with Rudy down there obviously not shooting threes um you know we we need somebody that can shoot them and Tobias is that guy he's honestly uh, he's he's a fantastic fit as a you know, from a positional standpoint, and that would take a significant load off Donovan because he can play make, and then he can also spot up and shoot. I think it sounds like for the, you know, the likelihood of us signing him, apparently the Nets are his top destination, which maybe happens now if KD doesn't go there, and that's a whole other story, But, um, but who knows? And I guess the Sixers and the Jazz are kind of, to 2a to and 2b as far as his choices or at least um in likelihood of him going there from mm-hmm. from what i've seen so the sixers who knows what they do i know jimmy butler opted out of his contract today and they may end up just renegotiating but they've got money to spend and i think the sixers are going to say hey we got so close they probably just watched the finals and said we're literally one kawaii shot from heaven away from probably going to the finals and winning, and so maybe they think, "Hey, let's run it back," and they go into whatever luxury, and they, you know, end up because they can pay Tobias the most. You know, maybe they end up with him anyway. So, I don't know. That's tough to say. I think, uh, I mean, it sucks to say that it's like, oh yeah, we're we're way cool with the fact that he's actually happy to talk to us. You know, when <laughs> it would be the biggest free agent signing ever, aside from, I mean, that whole Boozer thing was crazy, but. Um, Boozer at the prime of his powers was was a big deal, but this one would be definitely up there. And, yeah, man, I mean, being a a small market franchise, one thing that's cool is you know that if Tobias were to come here, he'd probably have some of the best years of his career here if he's willing to be a sponge and listen to Quinn and Dennis because if you look across the rosters and the players they've had in our program, we seem to get the most out of them. And so I'm intrigued at what that looks like with Tobias – but I don't know, I mean, at this point, I think oh, it's tough to say if I'd rather have Conley or Tobias because Conley's has two more years on his deal he has a little bit of injury history, uh, but he is a point guard and we need a steady point guard. I don't know there's it's tough to say, but I would say uh I'd probably take Conley over Tobias, but if we could land Tobias, I would be very, very happy because I think that we'd be a significantly better team,
0: yeah. So say we don't get Conley, and that's the situation. Who do you want to see playing point guard?
1: Um, if well, if we end up with Tobias, then I would honestly shift Donnie to the one.
0: Donnie to the one, and, uh, and then start have, Royce. Would you start Royce at two? What? And
1: yeah, I feel like I'm playing a Sudoku puzzle here. Sometimes you know, there's so many possibilities and so many options to like move and fit pieces yeah. in. I mean, yeah, I think I you would probably start Royce at the two. I that, mean, it'd be nice to get a wing, but that's a whole other can of worms.
0: Yeah, and in Royce's defense, he's not like the best player in any stretch of the imagination, but there was a month there where he was deadly in the corner, and if he can just kind of get that more consistent and be our three and D guy, that's fine. Have Ingles at the three, Tobias at the four. Rudy at the five. That's a pretty mean starting lineup. Uh, it would be, yeah, and, and go ahead. I was just gonna say, Donnie still could play off ball a lot, and have Joe kind of uh, play the point forward position at that point too.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean, when I look, when I have, when I be honest with myself, when I'm honest with myself, I think that that's asking more out of Joe than what kind of player he is. Yeah. Like I wish he was a sixth man, and I feel like we'd be. I mean, sometimes we saw in the playoffs, and Royce, first of all, was probably our most consistent player against the Rockets. Um, he really within his role, up. like he played, yeah. yeah, he played really well. And so, you know, I'd be okay with running him out at the at the you know the two or the three. But uh, it'd be nice to have Ingles. I mean, we're not paying him a ton. It'd be nice to have him coming off as a sixth man or something like that, and playing uh, in a more either in a playmaking role against second units or as a spot up role with the starters, where he's you know spotting up and shooting because. When we asked him to make more plays, yes, he was doing that, but his shooting numbers plummeted. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just kind of a... I don't think he's athletic enough to do both.
0: Yeah, he's a catch-and-shoot guy, to be honest. Uh, maybe catch one dribble, sidestep, shoot, but he's not really going to dribble around and play off a pick and knock, knock it down. like That's his go-to shot. Uh, Joe's best playing... He's good at the pick-and-roll. He's either playing the pick-and-roll or he's catching and shooting. You're right, I don't think... It's fair for us to judge him as a ball dominant player. So maybe having Conley would actually open up Joe's game a lot more and it wouldn't hurt as bad not having, you know, that stretch four. We'd have Jay, I guess, start at the four, which is feast or famine, <sighs> to say the least. Um, I I think Jay's great. He's a hilarious dude to have on the team. He tweets in all caps and it's hilarious. <laughs> but he plays in
1: all caps too. He yeah, really it, does it play really in does. all caps. It's one Lots step of and emotion. go to the hoop.
0: Oh, yeah. He is out. He's something. But, you know, we need a little nasty on the floor, and I'm totally fine with that if we just have other people that spread the floor and Jay keeps his shots to, I guess, in the realm of his talent, in the realm of his abilities. Don't start hoisting, you know, 13 threes a game. Jay, keep it real. Um is there anything else you want to talk about before this free agency period starts? I'm sure we'll catch up again before or during. We're building the bomb shelter right now. Crazy things are about to happen on the horizon. It, it's the calm before the storm. All quiet is on the Western front until draft day or until AD ends up on the Lakers. Is there anything else you want to poke at real quick, Cole?
1: No, I'm just super excited. I think it's fun. It's, it's crazy You know when you think about more people care almost about the uh, about free agency than, than the finals in a lot of <laughs> points. And we just yeah. witnessed a pretty cool um, finals. And it was, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we took the time to appreciate that because it deserves to be appreciated. And um, But, yeah, now that that's behind us, I mean, we're, what, uh, a week away? Just about a week away from the draft. And what I'm 100% confident that there will be trades going down before the draft because there are some high picks involved with some already significant players in, in free agency and the trade market. So, We'll definitely have some stuff to talk about next time, so buckle up, everybody!
0: Buckle up, everybody! All right, this is episode three. We're wrapping up here for the Thoughts Inside Our Head podcast. We will be back, uh, hopefully, with some fun, entertaining stuff. We have some ideas. We will keep you in the loop. And until next time, guys, thanks for listening. What's my age again?